0: So unpredictable here on the SNL Network. Yes, welcome on in everybody to the Saturday Night Network for a little bit of bonus coverage here this week to talk about the third season of Tim Robinson and Zach Cannon's show, I think you should leave. And this is going to be a very fun podcast. So we're going to talk about another sketch comedy show, something we don't get to do very often over here, but we'll get to talk about our favorite sketches and moments from that show. Of course, Tim Robinson and Zach Cannon, both being SNL alumni. So this will be a lot of fun. I think you should stay tonight and join us for the rest of the show. So let me introduce our other panelists we have here tonight. And it wouldn't be bonus coverage without my man, Sammy Kay. So no longer doing buff kiss with you, Sammy, but happy to talk to you about another show.
1: Yeah, John, I'm super happy to be here to talk about I Think You Should Leave. I mean, this is a show that me and all my friends love. I had a bunch of friends in town this weekend for a wedding, and we had all watched the new season. We're quoting episodes and jokes here and there. I think I've maybe seen the season like three times already. So uh, I, I have a good understanding of which of these sketches uh, were you know, great and worth talking about, and I'm excited to dive into those tonight.
0: Wow. Okay. You are the man for the job. So I'm excited to hear which sketches have been quoted a lot. And maybe that'll be, uh, there'll be some cultural zeitgeist that'll go on to our (laughs) listeners once they get that from you. So I'm excited about that. And of course, so happy to get Victoria Franzo on the podcast with us tonight, who has some connections to Tim Robinson as well. So, uh, so happy to have you on here, Victoria, how are you doing?
2: I am actually super happy to talk about Detroit's Finest Detroit suburbs finest, uh, Tim Tim Robinson. And yeah, we do have a connection. I have something in common with him in that both of our shows that we performed in at Planet Ant are on the same wall. So I peaked and then it's downhill from here, but no, Truly excited to talk about him. Uh, just performing in in the Detroit area. There's so many references to him and his um, his impressions have been left on on the Detroit comedy scene. So I'm just excited to talk about one of us making it making it big.
0: Absolutely. Well, let me give you the background. If you don't know much about the show and maybe you're just tuning in for the recap, we are going to spoil everything that just came out in season three of the show. There were six episodes that dropped on May 29th on Netflix. We had two previous seasons. They all have six episodes and that was in 2019 and 2021 as well. And yeah, you know, Tim Robinson, former SNL cast member, so you may remember him from joining the show at the same time as Cecily Strong and A.D. Bryant and uh, not surviving. surviving uh, on the show but he did continue on as a writer for many seasons and zach cannon as well and to this day i believe uh zach and tim submit sketches sometimes to snl or contribute behind the scenes so they are very much a part of the last you know 15 years of snl and their footprint is is there for sure so um sammy i'd love to know like what are your favorite um memories of tim robinson what do you think about him you know even not just on the show i think you should leave but just in general
1: yeah, so you know, Tim Robinson was on the show. He joined SNL when I was in high school still. And I think it was my senior year of high school, was when, as you said, Cecily and AD and Kate had just joined the show. And, you know, honestly, he, he didn't make a huge impression on me at the time. Uh obviously, you know, he didn't have as much success success that season getting stuff on. He there there have been a couple sketches that um, you know, I've revisited now that you know he did on the show where I'm like, oh my God, this was so funny. I can't believe I don't remember this. Blah, blah, blah. And um, you know, similar to Victoria, you know, I'm, you know, from the suburbs of Detroit. So when a show called Detroiters started on Comedy Central when I was, I think, a junior or senior in college, like me and my friends were super excited about it. Um, you know, I'd recognized Sam Richardson from some things. And then Tim Robinson obviously had, had that SNL connection. And, you know, once I finally got around to watching that show, I was like, oh my God, this is hilarious. You know, Definitely canceled too soon, but a ton of great Detroit connections and SNL alumni in that show, and you know that eventually led to I think you should leave, which um, for me and my friends, as I alluded to before, is you know one of our favorite shows. It came out like a little bit before the pandemic, and I feel like you know we all kind of got around to finally binging that, you know, at our own pace. Um, you know, the new year's Eve celebration before the pandemic, December, 2019, I remember me and my friends had some of us seen it. And then we had a couple other friends who hadn't, and we all watched like all six episodes together and we were dying and we were seeing how everybody else was reacting to it. And something kind of just clicked there. And yeah, it's just kind of been like in our lexicon in our language of references, um, that we love to joke about and quote with each other, you know, coffin flop from season two. Um, you know, the whoopee cushion sketch to me from season one is something that I try to show people when I'm trying to introduce them to the show. And it is just some of the best comedy that is going on, you know, especially sketch comedy that is, you know, um, you know, out there right now. And, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm so happy that season three was able to kind of live up to the hype. I think there's a ton of great sketches in this season that kind of stand up to the high bar that season one and season two kind of set. Um, and you know, I'm excited to talk about a couple of those in a little bit.
0: Yeah. So we're going to get into those sketches for sure, but yeah, I mean, I think you should leave is such a memeable show. I mean, there's just so many moments that you can take from these like mini sketches that have ended up going beyond the show itself. People don't even know that these things are from, I think you should leave like, for example, like that hot dog sketch or the hot dog man sketch. I mean, that was everywhere after the first season. I think of like tables uh, or like the, you know, the driving instructor with the tables from season two as well. I mean, those are types of things that have been going past the show. So I'm sure we're going to get those things with season three. But just to take it back a little bit, when I ask Victoria this question, what are your memories of Tim Robinson particularly like on SNL and you know for you is was this like is this where he should be right now which is creating his own sketch show as opposed to being part of the SNL system that he could have been
2: So I mean I I think very highly of Tim Robinson obviously me and him have similar similar hobbies with um you know being from Detroit he performed at Planet Ant but he also was a Second City uh performer too in in chicago so i'm really can i feel connected to him in some weird cosmic way of of performing at these little theaters but i think he should be doing what he's doing his brand and his type of comedy is it's its own entity it's like it goes way beyond saturday night live and i love that he has full creative control over what he's doing because it shows and how excellent everything is there aren't really any sketches in this in this season that um aren't aren't awesome.
0: Definitely. Uh, for me with Tim Robinson, I, I really loved him when he came onto the show. I was still looking for that Will Forte replacement and then Tim Robinson came on and he hit some of the mark that, you know, Will Forte had given me on the show. He, and Like, his sketches were kind of weird, but they weren't fully formed in the way that I wanted them to be, and for some reason, it just didn't click altogether. Um, But, you know, on, you know, seeing him on I Think You Should Leave, I could see that this is definitely the right vehicle for him, so I'm very excited uh, to get to talk about this, and I'll say, when, you know, Sammy said his origin story with the show, for me, when I first saw I Think You Should Leave, uh, it was before, you know, 2019, this was before we were covering SNL on this podcast, so... I got to watch the show and I didn't know what to expect and I didn't fully get it if I'm being completely honest. And I think this is a uh, feedback that a lot of people have told me when they came on to the show, which is like, it moves in such a unique pace compared to every other sketch comedy show that I think you have to like really get on board with it um, to be able to accept and appreciate it. Because for me, it's like, I I sometimes found that like, in SNL circles, tell me if this makes sense, guys. When we're evaluating SNL sketches, one of our biggest criticisms is often that the sketch will wrap up without a proper ending. But that's one of the best parts of I think you should leave is that the sketch will finish at such a like, weird and random time, or they will just like pivot in a completely different direction. It's like, I think you should leave, we celebrate confusion. But on SNL, we criticize it. And I find that so fascinating. Any comments on that?
1: Yeah, no that that is uh, such an interesting point, and it you know kind of clicks in when I really think about it. And I don't know why that kind of works in one you know, on one show and, and doesn't and and and, and not SNL. Um, you know, maybe because it's been on for so many years, and you know, it's kind of you know, not that SNL is like sketch comedy by the book, but it's such like an established institution. And, you know, there's so much history behind it to where I think you should leave kind of being its own thing, being its own brand. Maybe we're more willing to get on board with that. And, you know, John, as far as you were mentioning with, you know, not getting on the show's wavelength at first, I think um, kind of the beauty in the sketches that Tim Robinson creates on the show is that you can watch a sketch for the first time and be like, all right, that was okay. Like, you know, it didn't really have an ending or, you know, I, you know, I, I didn't really get that and then you're either you know you rewatch it or a friend quotes it to you and just like the out of context sort of reference or meme as we were talking about before to the sketch just makes you laugh and then you go back to it and it it kind of your appreciation for it grows and i think for you know many of my favorite sketches in the show it wasn't something that i watched immediately and thought this is the funniest thing i've ever seen it's kind of the repetition and kind of just taking those kind of quotes and jokes out of context that just make me laugh, you know, you know, days later after watching it.
0: For sure. Victoria, any comments on how I think you should leave is a different sketch show than watching SNL?
2: I mean, it's night and day. I mean, well actually, let me ask this. Was I think you should leave initially Saturday Night Live rejects? Is that what it was?
0: I, you know, that's an interesting question. I I do have to think that there is probably some overlap there between sketches that I wouldn't necessarily would say are rejected Mm -hmm. by SNL, but perhaps were created for SNL and didn't work in the SNL format. And we're like, okay, this concept would work much better on this show, where to Sammy's point, the rules aren't as clearly defined.
2: Yeah, no, I I thought it was initially anything that he had pitched SNL that didn't make it was now on this show and you that might be was, right that was the whole premise i but yeah no either way that's i think that kind of answers the question is it's he tim robinson is incredibly unique i at least haven't seen anyone else like him and i think there's a reason that he has his own show and that it's he is incredibly aggressive absurd wild off the rails and while snl may have moments of those within each sketch they can't put an entire sketch in that way if that makes sense so i think it's very much his own thing and it's a very different show which very blessed to have i love having both options
1: yeah i do i do want to quickly add that you know this isn't exactly a sketch that didn't make it onto snl but i do know if you guys remember the sketch from season one of I Think You Should Leave with Andy Sandberg, it's a game show sketch where Tim's hosting a game show and there's this mascot called Chunky that kind of keeps messing with Andy Sandberg. And apparently, um, I saw an interview, I think, with Seth Myers or somebody where Tim was saying every time they had a sketch at table read, you know, that gets cut before dress that, you know, totally bombed or something they were pitching that totally bombed, him and Zach would refer to that sketch as a Chunky. They'd be like, it's a Chunky. <laughs> And, you know, there, so there, there are certainly, you know, seeds and elements, uh, from his time at SNL that have made it onto the show. And clearly there are people that he was on the show with like Cecily Strong, um, who, you know, and Vanessa Bayer, who, you know, guest starred in episodes. So there's certainly a DNA of his time on the show. And I think you should leave. For sure.
0: We got a lot of SNL guest stars in season one, not so many in season two, but then a ton in season three. So I'm excited to get into it. And let's just do that right now. Let's go around the table. This will be the way that we'll do things tonight. We're gonna go around and we'll each pick sketches that we want to talk about until we run out of time and we're, you know, tired of doing this. So Sammy, let me head over to you. What is the first sketch you want us to get into from this? And we'll tell you which episode it is in so you can go and find it as well in case you wanted to pause the podcast, watch it and come back to our thoughts.
1: Yeah, I have, a, I have a lot of sketches I want to talk about, so I'm, I'm just going to pick one because I'm going to hope to try to get to as many as possible. Uh, I'm going to go with the pay it forward sketch, which is from episode three. This sketch takes place at the drive-thru where, just to kind of set up the premise a little bit, Tim Robinson is at a drive-thru. He's, you know, ordering food, and then he's like, you know what, I'm going to, you know, pay it forward, and I'm going to pay for the guy behind me. You know, maybe it'll catch on, and he's feeling, you know, like he's doing a good thing and there's like all this sincere music in the background and then the juxtaposition hard cut to him slamming his foot on the gas, going all the way back around in the drive through and then getting into a confrontation with somebody being like, come on, I'm doing something. I gotta get, I gotta be somewhere. And then his whole bit and his whole ploy is that he wants the the person that he just paid for to pay for his food. Except this time, he orders an insane amount of food. He's like, I want 55 tacos, 55 hot dogs, 55 burgers, and like the the, the bill is just absolutely insane. He's like going beat red, just absolutely, you know, classic Tim Robinson fashion. And, you know, that and, and that's like the premise of the sketch. And it is just exactly the type of humor that, you know, going to the season, I'm like, I need something that has this like insane, almost like the Joker energy that Tim Robinson can pull out of him where he can just on a dime go from like the most unopposing, sincere looking guy trying to do the right thing to like totally being selfish, aggressive, you know, the music changes and everything. And um, yeah, th- this, this is just fantastic. And I want to hear what you guys uh, have to say about this. So I'll stop talking.
0: First of all, I started this one as well because I thought this was so funny, especially as he just like races back, orders a million stuff. And then, you know, at the end, like one of the great buttons on the sketch is that uh, there's another customer, a woman who then orders the exact same stuff as Tim does. So it c- completely like negates the whole process. And he's like, um, it, it was so funny and such a great concept. And it reminded me because when I I used to, uh, before COVID, I, I worked at this company and on the way to work, there was a Starbucks drive through so I would go through the Starbucks drive through on the way to work. And when I got there one day, and usually I would go like around the same time. So it'd always be like the same people. I'd recognize the cars, or the people in the cars. Anyways, I got there one day and I'm driving up. And then they told me that the person in front of me paid for my drink. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. Like it's like, anyway, I didn't even like think this was a thing. And I saw who it was. And then I was like, I felt like, Like, I guess I should, I should pay for the person behind me, but like, I want to find a way to like get this person back and like pay this person back for like, you know, week after week. So I'm every day, like I'm trying to go and I'm trying to get in front of the person who paid for me. And I could never make it happen. I always miss them by like two minutes one way or two minutes the other way. And I just would like try and like, like there was like one person between us. I'm like, no, I need to like get it. Anyways, so I've had, th- this has been like a social situation that I've been thinking about for years that I'm like, it's so funny. And the fact that they like, you know, put this situation in place was such a fantastic sketch. One of my favorites by far. Victoria, what did you think of it?
2: I loved it. In fact, it was the first I guess sketch I saw before I watched the show because it gone it made its rounds on social media, TikTok, Instagram Reels, and all that. It was it's. I've never thought of that or, or doing that, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, I'll pay it forward and then racing back just to get myself. I mean, that's so. I mean, like I said, he's he's incredibly clever. And, and absurd and that's just it's incredibly funny um i do love the little twist of the woman behind him reversing back and doing the same exact thing of 55 burgers 55 in it yeah it's just really funny and my i think the button of this which the sketches don't really have a real button as we just mentioned to kind of you know wrap things up but i do love i can just run and <laughs> gets out of his car. It just runs. It's just
1: a great uh, ending.
2: Yeah, it's it's perfect. And then gaslighting the guy to <laughs> where he's like, I know you had good intentions. It's like, no, he did not.
1: <laughs> well, the best like throwaway line from the sketch is him saying, like, oh, I just wanted to do something good this morning before alcohol class. Like just <laughs> like just so like just like thrown there, like just just it it's great. It's so good.
0: Yeah, I was going to bring that up also. They always have these like random non sequiturs that that's like such a Tim Robinson thing. And he brings this up here and it's so, so great there. Uh, This is the fourth sketch of episode three. So if you're going to look to check that out, it has to be on everybody's like top five list. I think this was, uh, I called it the next burger sketch, but the pay it forward uh, totally makes sense. And um, I think this was a fantastic one. So definitely check that out. Victoria, which is the next sketch we're going to talk about?
2: All right. It's not my absolute favorite, but it is up there for me. And it's going to be driving crooner. The idea of some like, Hey, if you ever need if don't drink and drive, just give me a call. And then they get into that car with you. And it's absolute nightmare.
0: Let me just say for the listeners, this is uh, the fifth sketch of episode one, if you're going to look for it,
2: which I, I'll say this right now, I think episode one and two are my favorites. So I might be pulling a lot from from those two. So just Letting you all know, no, but it just you know it's like he's uh, he's like a coworker's UI inspires him to be like you know I'm gonna be the hero if you need if you need a ride just give me a call but then when they get in the car he's just an absolute maniac <laughs> like decals and he's trying to like make it that he's smoking a cigar with a hat and then I guess what he says is true of like oh they're trying to kill me and then these like frat guys come up. Next him, like, I'm going to kill you. Show us what's on your window. And it's just a freaking fedora. And not to mention the no, like the hand motions and the mouth motions are kind of gross, but I love them a lot in this context only.
0: Yeah, this was really, really funny. Um, love, love the decal part and the frat boys coming in at the end. I think that was a great ending for this sketch. Sammy, what do you think of driving Crooner?
1: Yeah, definitely on my list as well. I I think it's funny how Tim Robinson like has like these kind of like motifs or like there's things that he like kind of references in you know, a lot of sketches, you know, season one and two. There's a lot of mentions of hot dogs um, and, you know, surprisingly no hot dog mentions in this season, which is maybe one of my uh, most disappointments. But uh, uh, but in this sketch, we got, you know, the cigars, which kind of comes up later in the Will Forte sketch. Uh, and kind of the, the sort of mobster look, which, you know, he's kind of played off of in, in previous seasons. Um, yeah, the, just the reveal, you know, you, you first kind of just see Tim, you know, making that kind of motion and the camera just like stays on his face for like five to 10 seconds and you have no idea what's going on. Like is the joke that like Tim is like actually like drunk and he's just like says that he can, you know, pick people up and be their designated driver. but yeah, I had no idea where this was gonna go. Um, the the line about the decals was so funny. And <laughs> just the fact that somebody would want to kill him because he's just driving around trying to make money, um, you know, with these decals on his side. Um, just really funny. And just like the line where he's like, I just gotta figure out a way to make money on this thing. It's too good. That's something that, as far as like quotables go, like that's certainly gonna be something that um me and my friends are are already quoting and we'll be quoting um in, in the, the future so this one is so fun
2: also i first i thought he was doing an adam sandler impersonation and i thought this was going to be a weird homage to like adam this. sandler yeah. like yeah and i was like what is he is he silently like like quoting billy madison or something and he was just going to play that type of quirky character or whatever it was but it just it went way off the rails i also don't know what crooner means and i think maybe that was added to the absurdity for me <laughs> so a
0: crooner is like i i believe yeah this is not like webster's d- dictionary definition but i believe a crooner is like somebody who performs like a jazz bar and he's like <laughs> with the top hat and like the the sax and all that stuff like it's definitely music related
2: i i figured but i was just like, yeah i just looked it up it says a singer a th- Typically, a male one who sings (laughs) sentimental songs in a soft, low voice, which is exactly how i would describe tim robbins <laughs> yep
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: definitely and also Sam, you said there was no hot dog references but i believe in episode five the first sketch uh the one where they're seeing stuff you know like uh and they do see a hot dog suit guy at the city like standing up. oh
1: outside. okay good i'm glad see yeah. this is the type of show that like you gotta keep you gotta watch it again and again to get all the references so thank you for that
0: yeah so that's a good uh, easter egg there but so you know we have to talk about some of the cameos that happened in these different episodes and they had some of my favorite cast members of all time appeared in I think you should leave season three and I'm going to start with obviously the Will Forte sketch from this one we got a great Will Forte sketch in season one but here this time in episode two this is the third sketch where Mary drops off a bowl uh that, <laughs> it's so funny um you know I I always wonder like I, I don't think that Will Forte and Tim Robbie are the same archetype, but there definitely is like in the pie chart, like they definitely have like some crossover of weirdness. Um, but you know, everyone who listens to this podcast knows that Will Forte hits my funny bone more than anybody. And here, he ends up lying under this woman's car because she parked on the sidewalk and his ponytail got stuck, and he's dealing with like a very long ponytail, and you know, he's like screaming for help and, uh, that he's hurt. The ponytail is hurting. How could she park on the street? And it's just like, so ridiculous. And they get into this like insane conversation that just devolves into like zaniness where they're, you know, how come you can't get out Well, it might, it's stuck and I'm going to miss my lunch. And then, uh, well, you know, can you just, uh, you know, can you like Google disgusting toilet bowl and send it by text to my friend? and then you know she sees a picture trying to figure out how long his ponytail is and it goes like his ponytail goes down past his butthole like it is so weird and then there's like one of my favorite will forte things of all time is when like somebody is mocking him in a sketch like doing the same thing as him and you have the neighbor across the street with the ponytail who's mocking him and ends up putting his hand in the dog shit um it it is so ridiculous this sketch you have to go watch it this is the third sketch of episode two but thank you will forte my biggest laugh by far, was just getting to see him do this. Uh, Victoria, what do you think about Will Forte in the Mary Drops Off the Bowl
2: sketch? That was so stupid in the best way. (laughs) Like, it was so dumb. (laughs) The thing is, I was just like, am I getting old and and cranky? Because in my parents' neighborhood, there's someone who always parks on the sidewalk. I'm like, they're so annoying. Like, what if people want to walk? And I, I just, again, taking... The things that we all think about and making them into these absurd moments like the will I'm okay I'm just gonna say this the will for take character felt like it was making fun of me and <laughs>
0: because, okay explain because
2: I, because I complain about when people park their cars on the sidewalk and it's so annoying like that's so like if I if you're walking you have to walk around like god forbid you walk around a car in a let me ask Super. you something.
0: What if the driveway is so large that it could fit two cars, but the second car just reaches out onto the sidewalk a little bit because, you know, you want to get the second car there.
2: That's fine, but in my parents' neighborhood, they could fit like there was a lot of there's no one This guy always parks and there's no car in front of him. He just parks right there. I just I don't understand mm-hmm. it, but I would probably do the same thing if I was in a fit of rage. So it just felt like maybe an homage to me and they don't even know me. But no, it was, it was very stupid. And I, <laughs> I do love the karma in the end of the, the hand and dog shit.
0: Do you also have screenshots of cigars all over your phone?
2: That's my business. <laughs> <laughs> that is my business. Yes.
0: <laughs> Sammy, what do you think of this sketch?
1: Yeah, just jumping back onto the conversation about parking on the sidewalk. Whenever my sister visits us, you know, I'm like renting a house um, and like she always like my car is not on the sidewalk, but she'll like park behind me, which granted I could probably, you know, pull up a little further in our driveway, but like, you know, no one's ever here. So like it doesn't matter. Like she's always parking on the sidewalk when there's plenty of street parking and it pisses me off. So I totally related to the sketch. Um, it was like if we had like a SNL network bingo, you picking the Will Forte sketch just makes total sense. And it's and it's just a great sketch, like just fantastic. Um, there is something about like the Will Forte and Tim Robinson comedic energy. I feel like it's like a real recognizes real thing where Tim's like, you know, you kind of paved the way in in a sense for this sort of weird stuff to be in kind of mainstream comedy. Obviously, you know, we sometimes can you know tie um, you know from. You know one point to another between like Kyle Mooney and will Forte as like having that sort of you know obscure comedy spot on s n l but yeah, this sketch there's so much will Forte screaming and yelling in this sketch um gave me a lot of Magruber vibes, um you know, especially from the Magruber movie, which I found to be great, um yeah, the screenshots of the cigars, there's just like so many little touches that I think makes I think you should leave from like a good comedy show to a great comedy show it's it, everything just feels so lived in and there's every opportunity where they can kind of punch something up to make it just a little sillier and a little um more out there um i feel like they always take take those uh those chances or they, they kind of go for it um and yeah this is just great and him just having the beef between him and the guy across the street who also has a ponytail. And again, when the guy with the the ponytail first kind of introduces himself into the situation, he's like, you know, this is like a, this is a problem for us. Like, you know, and he's like showing off his ponytail, like you can't park on the sidewalk. Like that's, and it's just like, you're, you're basically making it as like, this is a common issue that everybody with a ponytail has to deal with. If, you know, they're parking on the sidewalk, they obviously have to crawl underneath um it, it's just fantastic and uh yeah I'm I'm really glad we got to talk about this
2: but really quickly going back to Will Forte the just juxtaposition of a Will Forte next to a Tim Robinson I never thought about them together but I guess would you consider them opposites that complement each other
0: I wouldn't necessarily say that they're opposites that complement each other um I think that uh this is just my (laughs) personal bias is that will forte does like uh does weird in in almost like a little bit of a like he doesn't put his foot all the way down on the pedal that's my analogy of him sometimes is like he'll never take it too far where i think that tim robinson will take it too far and if you like that then tim robinson appeals to you but for me i like the fact that he's like always like like um i think that will Forte will go really weird and then pull it back a little bit and then go like weird again and then pull it back again. And it's like the magic show that he does with that is so great in his weirdness. Whereas sometimes like Tim Robinson will just like go weirder than any man will ever go. So I think that they're they're I wouldn't say that they're opposites, but I think that they do the same thing in different ways.
2: Got it. No, I, I I would agree with that. I, I meant more so opposite of how far they're willing to take it.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that, Like, I've seen, I think Will Forte, I mean, from my evidence, I think Will's willing to take things, like, physically very far. But I think that, like, um, I think that, like, Tim Robinson, like, will take a joke and just beat it into the ground in a way that Will Forte won't. And I think that would be the difference. For sure. Um, Yeah, but this this was a really fun sketch to have on there. And I do, one of my favorite things about I Think You Should Leave is that not every sketch has Tim Robinson in it. Because if you're like, like it's basically like, if you really enjoy Tim, you don't have to be overloaded with him in every episode. There's like one or two sketches at times that mostly have uh, other people where they focus on that. And in this case, Will was a great uh, compliment here. Sammy, what is next on your list?
1: Ooh, okay. I think the next sketch I want to talk about is Darmine Doggy Door. This is from episode two. This is sort of like a fake ad commercial parody um, infomercial sort of thing, which I think throughout the, the, the three seasons of the show is an avenue that every time they kind of go back to it, I think they always kind of knock it out of the park. And, the uh, the premise of the sketch is that, um, Tim Robinson is, um, advertising this product that he's trying to sell. Uh, it's a doggy door that has kind of like a, an electronic sensor to where, you know, the, the wall will go up if, um, you know, your dog, you know, is trying to get into your house. And he says, you know, yeah, that way, you know, raccoons won't enter through the doggy door, or burglars w- won't, or or this thing, and just like this grotesque creature, just like that, you 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 have no idea what this kind of monster, it, it legitimately is a monster. What this could be, kind of, you know, shows up, and he's like, because I saw that thing. That thing came in here when I was on the couch, and he just kind of like starts screaming, like you know, what the hell, like well, you know, about. You know, this creature that shows up and, and it turns out as the sketch progresses that it wasn't a monster or a, a demon or anything like that. It was just that his neighbor and him got into a fight over the property line at their, you know, between their houses because the neighbor we see is like jumping on a trampoline. And <laughs> so that's the, 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 the point of the dispute. And it's actually um, a pig in a Nixon mask that came in because it was so dark and he was so startled. He just kind of thought it was this creature and it kind of keeps jumping back and forth between like the actual pig in a Nixon mask and this just like claymation sort of weird thing, which is just so funny. And there's just so many little details, kind of like what I was saying before. He just throws like all these little details into the sketch. You get more backstory than you ever think you would need you know, he's talking about how he's you know barely been sleeping in the same bed as his wife ever since she got flipped by a swing dancer at a wedding eight times. One of the 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 best throwaway jokes in the entire season. Well, uh, on top
0: of he, that, they they cut to an image of her being swung at a
1: wedding. <laughs> <laughs> it's so and funny, he, and it cuts back to him. He's just like, I, I didn't like that very much. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and and the commercial keeps continuing, and there are just like an incredible. Kind of revelations that are made about him, about how he thought he was going to get eaten, and for a second he's like, "Well, at least I don't have to go to work tomorrow." And he's like, "What? What have they done to us? What has what happened in this world where I'd rather be eaten than have to go to work?" Um, Just so many incredible lines, and it just you know he takes what could have been just like a basic premise about, I guess, a doggy door and you know not wanting things to come in, and and he just totally takes into a a direction that you aren't expecting and kind of throwing in these kind of B and C. I don't know if they're plot lines or just through lines that are going on in his life. Um, And it's just hilarious. And I loved it. And uh, uh, it's just so good.
0: Victoria, what do you think of this one?
2: I would say this. If this was an SNL sketch or a digital video or whatever we want to call it, it would probably be my favorite commercial parody. It was so good. Like the little details, I mean, and every Sammy just listed everything through, but you know, the, from like, I I haven't been sleeping well since my guy flipped my wife. He flipped my wife eight times. Or, you know, the, the line of like, My life is not where I thought it would be like 50 for 50 seconds. I thought that was a real monster in the world or whatever it was. Like every single piece of it is just absolute nonsense, but nonsense that somehow works together. Like it's, I guess you'd call it organized chaos and that every beat is together. So as someone who does comedy, likes to pitch sketch ideas and all that, he provides his pov which is incredibly important but then he heightens it with this game and that not just this sketchbook, like every sketch he does and just the heightening of it and the games he's playing i like really just want to i want to airbnb his brain for for a solid week and just find out what's going on and how he does it like those little details like truly make it up i think <laughs> my favorite was like because my neighbor called me like a liar and a thief, just like Nixon. Like, who would even think of putting a pig in a Nixon mask? I don't know. It was it was creme de la creme. I would I would say that's probably my top five and my top five of of this entire show. But probably, like I said, if it was on Saturday Night Live. My favorite commercial parody.
0: Yeah, you go into Tim Robinson's brain, you might uh, see a volcano or something like that. <laughs>
1: It's a tiny dagger over there. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Victoria, what's next on your list?
2: Oh, man. Um, I have to think about it. I would probably say <laughs> Jelly Bean. Okay. Um, that was, I think it was like his name is Richard Brecky in that. And so it's like typical tim robinson losing your shit you know he's playing this silent performer whose latest review jelly bean is just about like heartwarming stories you know and all that but no one can tell what he's doing in these and he says if i talk you get money but i never talk only to be like proven wrong and so like what is that what the fuck is that it's like and it's like flipping out on people and so um you know, he's like, Leave me alone, blah, blah blah. I think he like was saying, It's just frat guys and bachelor parties. Leave me alone. And yeah, I it was just it's awesome. It was just meant to be the silent character trying to stump people, but once they ask what he's doing and they're like essentially mocking him, um, he goes berserk, but that's his like trademark way of being is this absurd, aggressive man who's yelling all the time.
0: Yeah, so this is the first sketch from episode three, if you want to go back and check that one out. And it's uh, it's a really fun concept that we get here, which is interesting, which is like, can you make money by pulling off a show and convincing yourself that you're not going to talk or let the audience make you talk, and that you're playing that game back and forth. And it's, it ends up getting very aggressive and hilarious to see how this one will devolve. Sammy, what did you think of here? We have Richard Brecky as Jellybean.
1: Yeah, this is uh, just another another great... I'm just going to like... This whole show is just me being like, yep, that's great, that's funny, that's great. Um, but this this kind of goes back to the the types of things that... Uh, maybe tim finds funny or that he's interested in you know his character is like you know i'm really into old stuff i don't want to talk like he wants to be like this kind of silent film sort of charlie chapton buster keaton type of character except we're in the modern day where like those sort of things aren't as um you know i I guess respected or loved and you know he's kind of making he's kind of you know, putting himself into a corner here where he's like, well, if you make me break, if you make me talk, you get money. And, you know, it just becomes a competition for the people in the audience. It's almost like, you know, he's on a game show and like they're they're all or like a reality sort of competition show. And they're just all trying to get him to crack. It'd be like if people at SNL, you know, in the audience just like started like yelling things at the performers to try to get them to break or mess up in their sketch. Like like and they got suck. money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except it's not April Fool's um for Colin jost Um yeah, no, every everything about it um was great. I and then I love how at the end it, it does it you know, I think at first it kind of feels like the audience is mainly, you know, you know, people from out of town or, or whatever coming to see a show, but then it's exclusively frat boys and bachelor parties and they're just just uh j- there's just a concussion a concussive sort of volume coming from the audience, just trying to get him to crack and break in any way possible. And then he freaks out is like a Tim Robinson type of character does. So yeah, that's just another, just another banger from season three.
0: It's great. Okay, I want to talk about this sketch from episode five. This is the second sketch. Actually, episode five is interesting. There's only three sketches and that one. It's the least amount in any of the episodes. But the, the second sketch is really interesting because we get an appearance from another SNL Tim tim meadows is in this sketch so not tim Kasarensky, but tim meadows is in this sketch and uh you know from one tim to another and this is, is basically taking place at a wedding and there's a photo booth so i'm sure if you've been to you know events before weddings there's plenty of photo booths here and uh you know tim meadows is the father of the bride and comes over and they want him to take a picture but he's a little apprehensive and he ends up doing he says okay okay and he ends up grabbing a prop uh, after everybody does, and he grabbed the last prop, which is ends up being a purple feather. And you get, yeah, I mean, if you, you get this great physical moment where he puts the prop into his mouth and then like throws up everywhere. And he just creates this whole thing where he's like, I didn't want to even do this in the first place. And then, um, you know, I have business deals on the line and he just starts, you know, he starts, our, this other man starts taunting him and they're going back and forth. And it devolves into like, um, you know, this, this great, like, uh, you know, a moment where, and I think Tim did this so well on uh, Tim, uh, Tim Meadows did this so well on SNL, where he could go from like really crazy to really straight very quickly, um, where he says, you know, keeps talking about how, you know, the, it should have been barred. Barney, he was trying to be Barney with the feather, and I'm hoping I'm explaining this well. But it's just basically it's Tim Meadows with the feather, and it is so great here. The second sketch of episode five, Sammy. What do you think of this one?
1: You did a great job explaining that. Just want to give you your flowers there. Thanks. Give you your feathers, maybe. Um, yeah. yeah, I love I love Tim Meadows again, fellow Michigander. You know, the Detroiter. So you know, really cool to see him pop up in this sketch. Um, you know, obviously he's kind of the star. He is the the driving force of this sketch and kind of like what you were saying, like the way he's kind of able to go from just like this calm, collected dad at his daughter's wedding. He has so many great, like, I don't know if they're dad jokes or just dad isms where, you know, the photographer's trying to get him, you know, into, you know, taking a picture and he's like, Oh great. What did I sign up for? Just like, just like the, the such stereotypical dad stuff. And then immediately you know like any sort of i think you should leave sketch kind of can get to just gets you know um you know escalates and, and goes up to 11 and the fact that like the first thing that this character thinks is you know when he's trying to think of something to do with the feather is to be barney because barney's purple and you know i i could have been like barney's hair like <laughs> you know uh <laughs> it's just cloth is just tiny hairs, just like just an absurd thing. And then I think a really underrated aspect of the sketch is, you know, you kind of start diving into it is there's this like guy with a mustache who's also taking a picture. And I'm not sure like what the relationship is there, but he has just like this funny voice and way of talking where he's like, I've got all these business deals online and you know, I'm selling the, the Belling ball, like this toy ball. And he's just like getting into it with Tim Meadows. And I don't know where they found this guy, but he was just uh just very funny. Um, and I agree that three seconds is not enough time to think of something silly. There's so many times in a group photo or something like that at a wedding or, you know, a graduation picture where they're like, do something silly. And I, I don't know what to do. So I totally relate to this.
0: I always resort to blue steel. Like I can't, I'm just like, I don't know what, I don't know what else to do at this moment.
1: (laughs) That's good. I'm going to start working on my blue steel.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Victoria, what did you think of this sketch?
2: Well, I, I mean I agree. What is was like three seconds to think of something silly, that's fucking insane. And that's absolutely correct. You know, you're putting a lot of pressure on people. And I mean, I would I would expect his reaction to be a real reaction one day. Like you can't keep doing this to people at weddings. It's supposed to be a joyous moment and now you want me to be something I'm not for a photo. That's how I feel. Uh no, but I I just think it's very like him gagging and deep loading on a purple feather and then throwing up I think maybe the highlight of everyone's twenty twenty three once they watch this, so you tell me it- <laughs> if you don't think about it I, I can <laughs>
1: confirm it's the highlight of my twenty twenty three i wouldn't i i would de- like
0: i just wouldn't describe it as like deep throating, but I accept <laughs> the premise. <laughs>
2: It's a Detroit thing, John. You wouldn't get it.
0: <laughs> it it's it's deep throwing
2: No, D- Detroit throwing. No, never mind. Um,
1: this is great.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry to my mom who's listening. She doesn't even know what it means. It's fine. Um,
0: <laughs> well, mom, Victoria's mom. Yeah, no, I was yeah to- no, 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 no,
2: no, 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 no. She's a little immigrant lady. Leave her, leave her in, in purity. Uh, but no, and the, it just. I love watching Tim Meadow kind of play something he doesn't normally play. He's usually like the, from what I've seen, he's like mature, cool guy. He's had some moments where he's freaked out like a Mean Girls or something like that. But he usually plays a cooler head. But seeing him freak out over something so mundane and going ballistic over it was, was actually pretty funny. Um, and then, of course, the Michigan element just makes it a little bit better for me. But, yeah, no, it's... I think Sammy hit the nail out on everything. And sorry, I said that he deep throated a purple feather and gagged on it.
0: It's fine. You always said it again, but it's okay. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> I was going to ask, you two are like somewhat around my age. Uh, were you Barney people when you were kids?
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I watched Barney, but I was certainly more of a Blue's Clues guy. Got it. Yeah, I was a yeah. big Barney person.
2: I think I'm closer to you, John, in age. And I think Sammy's a few years younger than us. So that uh, checks out. Yeah. It's
1: just the Gen (laughs) Z blues clues connection.
0: (laughs) All right, Sammy, uh, round three, take it around the round table. Start with a sketch you want us to
1: talk about. Let's stick with episode five. You know, like you said, only three sketches. Um, But it ends with this sketch that I don't don't know what you would call it, John. I, I just called it talking about your kids or. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, that's like uh something um that's a theme in, in the sketch. But this is kind of uh I don't remember the exact runtime of it, but you know, it takes probably like a, a solid chunk of the episode is just this sketch and I kinda there's been a couple times where, um, in the show they've kind of just done like a an epic sort of sketch that, you know, can be like eight to ten minutes long and just really drill down on an idea, which they certainly do here. Uh the sketch guest stars Jason Schwartzman. They're at some sort of mixer or something some party um not sure if they're co-workers or what the relationship is there but jason schwartzman is starting to tell a story about his kids and he's just like ah like you know you know please please don't let me talk about my kids again tonight like please stop me if you do and you know obviously tim robinson's right there and his character's like oh, don't worry, like, you're not going to talk about your kids in ounce, which, like, the way that he, like, <laughs> just, like, the delivery of that line to me, I'm just like, oh, man, we're in for such a great sketch. And what this could have been was just, you know, a very obvious sort of, like, all right, you see that for the rest of the sketch, Jason Schwartzman is going to try to talk about his kid or, you know, or, you know, or he's going to end up bring up his kids. And then Tim Robinson shows up and is like, "Yeah, you said you didn't want to talk about your kids." And that's kind of how the sketch starts out. But there's kind of a a point halfway through, and and just to backtrack a little bit, every time Jason Schwartzman is about to talk about his kids or starts talking about his kids, Tim Robinson just does some like wild thing at the party. First, he starts you know riding a dog like a like a bronco, and uh, then like him and like these other guys just start doing this like line dance sort of thing. And that keeps kind of escalating. And every time he kind of goes back to Jason Schwartzman, he's like, you said you didn't want to talk about your kids. Like, you know, just talk about something else. And there's like a point halfway through the sketch where Jason Schwartzman's like, huh, you know what? What's and he starts like talking to his friend. He's like, what's the craziest thing you've ever done? And it, the music changes and um, you kind of keep going back and forth between Jason Schwartzman kind of thriving at this party, you know, finally not having to talk about his kids. And Tim Robinson having to, you know, be all stressed out because now he's gotten too popular at this party, and there's these people who are like, "All right, what's the next crazy thing we're gonna do?" And he just has like these this like cast of characters just following him around like an entourage. That is just so funny. And what I love about the sketch is that kind of like what I said before is that it you kind of saw where it was gonna go, and like that alone, I was getting a lot of laughs out of that. But to me, the sketch kind of becomes an A plus where he kind of takes you down this this different avenue, where you have this kind of you know opposing storylines going on, um, and yeah, this is just just fantastic sort of epic sketch play here um, in this sketch.
0: I love this one. I mean, I think what was so fascinating about it is it felt so different in tone than a lot of I Think You Should Leave sketches. The length was obviously a big factor here, but it really felt like there was a a solid beginning, middle, and end. And it, there was different character viewpoints, which is so interesting. Like, usually most I Think You Should Leave sketches are like such scene is happening and then one person creates an awkward scenario and then it's either everybody else's perspective on that person or it's the person's perspective on everybody else but here you actually have it's the story of person a and person b and how their two nights devolve in different places so you have tim robinson's character who ends up you know you know thinking that he's doing this noble thing to his friend but ends up having to uh you know guide this group of bandits all throughout the night you know throughout the party to continue to follow them and then he's like uh you know you know, gets increasingly frustrated. And then the other guy, meanwhile, is you know frustrated that he can't talk about his kids, but eventually learns that he he found a way to have fun again. And it's so, it's like a mini movie. It's it, This is a really fantastic sketch. And I was so happy that we got it. Victoria, what did you think of it?
2: I, I agree. This was, okay. I have a million thoughts, but I was going to say the, I, I agree with you in the way that the scenic styles of, this is different. Usually it's like a fish out of water where they're the same one, but everyone else around them is insane or center and eccentrics where everyone's like, it's just off. Like one person's always off or whatever it is. No, I think it's, uh, it was a really great sketch. Um, I forgot Jason Schwartz's name. So thank you for saying that. But did did he pretend that like a dog was giving him? Yeah. Okay.
1: And that's part of, that's one of the the, the kind of crazy zany things that he uh, has to do because then, you know, he, and he's able to get Jason Schwartzman to not talk about his kids.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that goes to what John was saying earlier of him taking it way too far. <laughs> like that poor dog. Um, but no, it's, yeah, for all the chaos, like he becomes like the life of the party and, you know, become, embracing himself outside of being a father. And um, I think the runtime on that was six and a half minutes, which for the season is a really good, a good chunk. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, I think it's no offense to my friends with kids, but it's what I imagine them doing one day. And and I'll have to be the Tim Robinson and, and getting them to not talk about their children. No offense, love them.
0: <laughs> this was a great pick, Sammy. It, it really just a top tier sketch here, and that episode five is a really fun episode to watch. So if you're going to go back and start anywhere, I think uh, you could definitely start with that episode. Victoria, what's next on your list?
2: Um. Okay, there are two left that I really want to talk about. I'm wondering, for time's sake, should I choose my absolute favorite or my second favorite?
0: You know, we'll do we'll do one more round after this, so. Pick one, and then if it doesn't come up, we'll give you another one.
2: Okay, I will. I want to talk about street sets with Fred Armerson. Okay. It's just he's he's so an SNL alum, uh, a great SNL. This is alum, uh, episode
0: is, one, uh, the sketch number four.
2: Is it, what? Okay, yeah, that seems right. So he is a dad hoping to scare his children into being good kids through a really weird video of him beating up a kid but as it's unfolding and as they're watching it's just so obvious that he kind of paid stunt doubles to play these children it's like elderly people playing children um and it's like a fake street set and it's just like what's it called it's like not pulled off he's like i paid 15k for this and he has these kids like yelling um you know crescendos that like you need to be scared straight and they will never mess you know with their dad's kitchen marble island again so it was just really absurd yeah no he's just like oh i paid so much money for this and it's like showing a kid but then like this really old man so just like opposite times of life you know like they're just starting life. They're near the end of it. No offense. Um, Yeah, it was just, it was so, again, stupid in the best way.
0: I wonder if Fred Armisen is the person in my life who I've seen on the most TV shows. Like, he is literally everywhere all at once. It's crazy. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know if you guys feel differently, but I'm like, any show I've watched there has been at some, not any show but most shows any comedic show there's been a somewhat of an appearance of Fred Armisen and he's so made for this show like just to have him in there and have him do like something quick uh, it's just like junk food it's so great and I don't know that the sketch itself was um, so like you know amazing that I had to like think about it more than watching it for the first time but I just that he, he brings laughs to him no matter what uh, and in this format I think because it's short and sweet it really works for somebody like fred sammy what do you think of the sketch
1: yeah i think you kind of hit the nail right on the head there for me not one that you know on my long list that i you know felt like kind of you know made it to that kind of upper tier of sketches but obviously great to see fred armidson on the show he totally fits in this world uh i i wonder if you know this is one of the shorter sketches i feel like maybe in this season so you know, maybe it kind of left me, you know, wanting more, wanting them to kind of escalate it a little further. Obviously it's an absurd concept, but in this show, it almost feels like something that if it were on SNL, like it it kind of like, you you know, the, the ceiling as far as absurdity there is a little lower. So maybe yeah, on an episode of SNL, I I would find this to be like a really funny sketch. But for me when surrounded by kind of the other stuff that was going on the season, um, not so much, but I did really enjoy like just the, the small jokes about the marble Island, uh, or the mar the marble counter at the end there, um, that the kids keep talking about how, like, do you, you think know, that was so-
0: like a, a nugget of like, or an Easter egg to like, you gotta get yourself some marble columns.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ma- I mean, maybe, maybe like that, that is like a hundred percent such a specific thing that, you know, if you were to tell me that that was the case. Um, may, maybe, maybe that's the case, but yeah, so there, there are little things here and there for me that I enjoyed, but you know, as far as, um, quotables or anything, you know, it's just not, not in my top 10 or anything, but you know, still fun to see Fred Armisen on the show. Yeah.
0: You suck, Victoria. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was a great, great pick. I'm so happy we got to talk about that one. Cause I, I think it's it. a great pick. Yeah, it's a great pick.
1: Really yeah. great pick.
2: yeah yeah i was gonna say wait going back to fred Armisen showing up and everything i think you're correct like he's truly in everything like brooklyn 99 he made an appearance i love you america he made an appearance curb unbreakable kimmy schmidt uh comedians in (laughs) cards yeah yeah uh uh, no whatever anyway he's everywhere oh also he was in um easy a fun fact he played the priest
0: yeah I mean he just Fun like fact. shows up everywhere it's it's amazing um all right, so <laughs> I will pick for my next pick the sketch I want to talk about. Uh, this one really appealed to me because this was a concept that was so smart and I'm, I'm going to say like, like, yeah, yeah, like sure, John, but like, I've actually thought about something like this before and to see it actually be fully formed in the way that Tim put the sketch together was so great. And that's at the last sketch of episode two, there's the live taping sketch, which is like, if you ever watched a sitcom, like friends or something like that with a live audience, like I've watched a lot of like documentaries on friends where they go and they like show the audience from the other perspective and like how the stage like looks like with people there and the thing is it's like you go and you sit down and i've actually been in a live audience for stuff before um including snl uh, i gone to like big brother like there's a lot of like situations where um you know i've been there so i could experience this and basically what happens is like they tell you like okay like now you clap like now you laugh or whatever anyways so he's there uh and he's listening to them explain the rules and they're like well you know this is going to be uh shown to millions of people So just keep in mind, like you want to laugh and you want to make sure that your voice is heard. And in his head, he's like, oh, my God, like this is going to be shown to millions of people. And he's like, I could say anything right now. So like once people are done laughing, he like knows that the mic is above him. And in his mind, he's like, I could say anything right now and people are going to listen to me. So he's like, TK Jewelers is a scam. and He starts talking about this watch that he bought that as soon as he bent his wrist, all the pieces of the watch went everywhere. And it was a scam. And then, like, he continues, like, joke, joke, joke. The People are laughing. He's like, l l limos, this is a scam. He's like, I went into this limo with this woman. And then there was this, like, compartment there. And, and this guy, like, there was a party happening. And a guy would put his hand in the ice. And he had, was wearing a Super Bowl ring. And he starts, like, talking about all the stuff that's happening. And then, uh, you know, in the control room, they're like, is somebody talking? And they go out. And then it ends up devolving into a point where he stands up. And he ends up explaining to the entire audience, as well as the people at the show, what actually happened with these scams. So instead of conventionally what you would think, which was he would get in trouble, everybody else gets in on it. And then we do get the flashbacks to the actual moments where he was scammed. So for me, this was like so well put together and definitely in my top sketches from this episode. Victoria, what do you think of this one, the live taping?
2: I thought it was super fun and such a fun way to play on being a live taping. Usually the issues with the folks that are, like the actors in that sketch versus the audience usually the audience is re- reacting to a mishap that's happening on set so it was really fun to kind of turn the pov and have it from an audience perspective and i love that he has this like activist mindset of like if i can get one person you know if i can change one person's life you know and and then the the director producer be like all right well. Do you know we'll keep it in kind of like negotiating with him at the very end too is is really funny um, like there were, and like just absurd exaggerations like 150 springs hit her in the face and the 300 springs are in her soup just like absurdity um, no I think it was really fun and I think it was um, again just that whole unique perspective of something that the audience member is doing that's not. You know, heckling the actors. It's because usually that's the game of of something like this. It he just put a really great spin on it, so I thought it was a really great um, and well written out sketch.
0: Sammy, what do you think?
1: Yeah, this this is great. Me and my friends yesterday were at a wedding and uh, we're on a party bus, and we were making so many references. And like to the sketch, you know, making jokes about how like, oh, I I think there's a black piece of plywood at the end of this bus here. And I think I saw somebody with a Super Bowl ring uh, stick his hand underneath the plywood and grab some ice. Um, Yeah, just very, very absurd sort of things to kind of complain about and and try to get on your soapbox about. Um, And just like being able to kind of hear about everything going on and then kind of see at the end um was was really great cuz I kind of thought this was going to be the sort of thing where we hear about all these kind of crazy happenings in uh this character's life and we don't ever get to see it and um sometimes you see it and then it's not as funny as you imagine but in this case it it 100% was they were able to capture that all really well the the springs popping out and just going everywhere like it actually was as you know chaotic as the way he described it and yeah i mean this is just um just a, a really really good sketch and uh one one other thing i want to add about it is um that I, I feel like for for a sketch like this um you know it could have easily just been you know people getting mad about him you know you know talking you know during the thing but it it you know like in kind of you know typical i think you should leave fashion they're able to kind of you know kind of skew the way you think it's going to go and people kind of being on the side there at the end um, kind of threw me off, and I found that kind of perspective on the situation to be a lot funnier than, you know, just we have this annoying person in the audience that we have to deal with now. So I'm glad that they went in this route for the sketch.
0: Totally. All right, let's do one more round and we'll talk about the final three sketches. I think there's 27 from the season, so we'll get to 12 sketches that we'll talk about our top 12 uh, from this season of I Think You Should Leave. And Victoria, do you want to start? Because uh, I know that there was one other one that you were thinking about, right?
2: I lied. There were two, but I have to choose one.
0: Okay. Um, do you want it? Do you want Sammy to go, and then if see if that one's left for you or no? Y-
2: yes. Go ahead, Sammy. Okay, I
1: got this. Uh, I'm going to go with ABX heart monitor, which is like an ad for um, you know a heart monitor. Um, again, another sort of ad commercial parody sketch. You're going to say what episode? Sketch three, episode three, episode three, um, which you know. Such a good episode of the sh- of the season, but the, the premise of the sketch is that it is a um, sort of commercial parody about um, you know a heart monitor and you know Tim Robinson's character was you know you know had like thrown up while he was at Club Aqua because he had a heart attack and so his doctor played by the great Tim Heidecker who has been on the show before and is so funny from Tim and Eric um, you know he pops in as his doctor. Know prescribing him, you know, the medication, and and is able to monitor his heart. Um, you know, because of this heart monitor, and it just started, just goes down this. They kind of devolved into this path where, um, they're talking about like, so you're you're at you're out like while this was happening. He's like, oh yeah, I was at Club Aqua. He's like, how how the how the hell did you get into into Aqua? And he he tells him how he he built the deck, and they just go they just start talking shop about clubs and how he Tim Heidecker's character really wanted to get into Club Haunted House and he actually wanted to get into Club Haunted House even more than he wants to get into Club Aqua and he keeps asking Tim Robinson's character if he could take him along because, you know, clearly he's big in the club scene and, you know, Tim Robinson's kind of just like, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Like, he's very non-committal about the whole situation, clearly doesn't want to hang out with his doctor and it kind of just keeps building up from there where every time the heart monitor goes off, you know, Tim Heidecker's, character is like, Hey, uh, your heart's going nuts. <laughs> your, your heart's going nuts. You're a your club haunted house. And, you know, Tim will say stuff like, Oh no, you know, I was jacking off He's like for 15 minutes. Like and <laughs> is trying to make up any excuse to not bring his doctor, um, out with him to the club, even to the point where he's at the club and his heart's going nuts again. And he's like, Oh yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, j- I'm jacking off again. He's like, I saw, I saw you in line. We're, we're outside. And, um, the 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 whole the whole thing is just ridiculous because he um he takes what is just a typical commercial sort of fake ad and he kind of builds this world and builds a storyline between these characters within the actual ad while still being within the confines of a typical sort of commercial and every everything about it is 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 so funny and I love seeing Tim Heidecker in this show he's had so many great sketches um, from season one to season two and seeing their dynamic together is, is so funny. And I think as far as quotables go, um, like again, the show's only been out for a week, but me and my friends <laughs> a couple of times have texted each other, like your, your heart's going nuts. <laughs> your heart's <laughs> going nuts. Are, are you at Club Haunted House? Uh, just stuff like that. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one.
0: Yeah, I love the ending where they talk about uh, how the the big deck that he built at Club Aqua collapsed and that Kim K's head fell off. (laughs) It's just like so weird. But uh, Victoria, did you like the ABX heart monitor sketch?
2: Yes, and that was actually what I was just about to call out is how silly the ending is of like the, the bouncer coming. Like we have to close all clubs. There's been a tragedy as if that would ever happen. And then being like, you know, Kim Kardashian's head fell off no it was it was great and i love that sammy called out that they're developing this relationship within the ad but still maintaining the fact that it's an ad so that was a really fun a fun twist on it
0: It it's great so victoria do you want me to go or do you want to go
2: you go okay
0: all right, I'm going to pick a sketch. This is probably, I would say, out of like uh, the Will sketch made me laugh the most. I'd say this probably was like my second, like laugh out loud in my rankings. And this was from episode four. It was the third sketch. And this is the Utal sketch where they're like, hang- a bunch of people are like hanging out. I guess it's like at a party. And, uh, you know, Tim, uh, a guy's so like, you know, looking in the mirror and he, he sees that like he's losing his hair and he's all upset. And Tim Robinson comes out and says, you know, he recently took gel utol, which helped his hair grow back. And he's like, oh my gosh, like I, I want to take this like whatever. And then a third guy shows up. He's like, are you guys talking about gel utol? And he's like, no we're not talking about JellyTall. And then he's like, don't tell the third guy. And he, apparently he like hates the third guy. So he doesn't want him to know. And he's like, but he already knows the name. He's like, but he doesn't know everything about it. And there's this whole like, weird they go down this like rabbit hole of craziness where they're trying to like avoid telling the third guy and then like all three of them get into this like weird triangle of fights with each other where like um you know (laughs) like at one point um you know they're saying how like uh you know he's been the guy has been a good soldier and that Tim Robinson now wants to control the type of hair he's going to get when he grows back. So he wants it. He's like, um, he's like, (laughs) you know, I deserve to know, I I deserve to know what type of hair you're getting. I deserve to control it. So I want you to get curly hair. (laughs) So, so weird. And then uh, there's this whole thing about how, I think it's like the third guy's wife is there. And like, I think it's supposed to be like a St. Patrick's Day party. So everyone's like wearing green. And then uh, they like blast the heat at one point. So she has to like take off her jacket. Am I mixing up things or am I getting this right, Sammy?
1: No, that's right. That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I have like a lot of notes for this one. It just like it devolved into into absolute craziness. But this is what I would suggest you watch and check out because it keeps going in these like very weird, non sequitur directions. And like this is like if you like that type of humor from Tim Robinson, like this is it. This situation is utter ridiculousness. So Sammy, what did you think of this hair loss sketch?
1: Yeah, it's just another example of like an ad or a product and just kind of going down like just like the, the longest, deepest rabbit hole. Of where a sketch like this can go, I love. There's just so many details in the sketch that I really enjoy. Um, the the fact that the the ad is for a drug called Jellytol, but he's like, you know, but he he already knows the name, so like, why do you care so much that we're talking about it with him? He's like, because that's not the name. He's like, what? You said the name was Tall. He's like, no, it's not. And you know, I that that's just what I've been telling you. It's called, and you got to get it from me, and I'm gonna control what your hair is gonna look like, and. Um, the, the guy that like both of the actors, like the guy, um, who he's talking to Tim and is trying to get him to take the the medication and the other guy, um, both like super well cast. The guy, the guy just has like the, the third guy just has like the perfect bald head for a sketch like this. Like he's bald, but like has just like just enough hair where like maybe he could do something to save it. Um, and yeah it's just like so ridiculous and the way that you were talking about how your notes are all jumbled like this is like as far as like these sketches go i know they all go into crazy directions but like i think if you were the you know look at your notes or the script for this one this one is like absolutely bonkers and absurd
0: yeah like there's like craziness in this one they like one point like the guy's like playing with like a remote control car and then like there's like tell them what we're t- like what should we tell them we're talking about uh tell them we're talking about fingering like it was just like just so weird Victoria, did you like this one?
2: Yeah, it was again, it was all over the place. It was, it was all over the place. I, um, I was gonna say, like, when he, like, the guy comes up, he's like, they're talking about sex or fingering or like trying to, um, getting killed to prevent like helping an enemy or something like that. It was just wild. Um, and I just think it's just funny. It's, it's, I think, a classic tim robinson rage sketch which always will never it will never not be funny i will
0: say this is this would have been and could have been a really great will forte sketch i think that will would have done really well in the tim part here and i think that would have actually elevated the sketch because i think like that that type of weirdness i think plays really well in will's voice a little bit but i really enjoyed this one regardless all right victoria you have the last pick of something we're gonna talk about tonight so which one is it
2: Okay, so it's really hard because before the show, I said Barley Tonight was my absolute favorite. But I think I'm going to talk about Summer Loving um, with just an honorable mention to Barley Tonight. I I really love Barley Tonight, but I think the one that got the most laughs out of me was Summer Loving. So if you are in Love Island, Love is Blind, Bachelorette, person, which I'm not, but if you are a fan of those shows, I think this sketch will speak to you the most. Um, It's essentially like it's a dating show of like all these bachelors, you know, going after this bachelorette situation and, um, you know, she pulls him and someone else and the first guy she says, you know, we don't have really much in common and for tim robinson her reason for calling him up was because he he's ziplining too much and it just seems like he's there to zipline cut to him like making rounds in the pool and then she was saying um when we were reprimanded you to join us for dinner you ate so quickly and then went back to (laughs) ziplining and it's just like it's like a montage of him like jump after jump into the pool um And so it's just, yeah. And then there's like another like butt rock guitar solo. It's just like so corny. But my favorite part of this is she's like, all right, we're not. I think his name is Ronnie. And Ronnie in the sketch is like, all right, you're not going to like move forward. He does this stupid, I think that's what made me laugh the most. He goes, oh, are you sure? And just like this pose is like a little kid. It was just so dumb. Um, And just kept asking, oh, are you sure? Are you sure? And it just, I think that got the most out of me. I just, I think it just caught me off guard. I didn't know where it was going. And I think it was just delightful.
0: This was really funny, and I do watch a lot of these shows, so for me, like this was a good take on this stuff. Uh the actress that was uh playing the Bachelorette in this case, or whatever you would call uh her from this episode, uh was Jessica Parker Kennedy, who I know from the Flash uh TV show, uh who I've seen a lot there. And uh she's a really great actress, so this was this was really funny to me, and I agree. Uh and I think what I really liked was that in a later episode they did do a callback to this sketch where um they did some. Summer Loving Farewell, where they went to go like check in on his goodbye to this. And I think they did this in a couple of other seasons as well where they went and checked back. But if you look at the fourth sketch of episode four, uh, we get back to the zipline guy. So Sammy, what were your thoughts on Summer Loving Farewell?
1: Yeah, I think there have just been so many comedy shows or you know, sketch shows that have done their kind of take on this. To where the fact that they kind of found this sort of very obscure pocket here to satirize. The fact that when you're on one of these shows, you know, you're sometimes, you know, at a resort or you're at this really nice mansion and there's all these amenities. And somebody who's like going on one of these shows just to take advantage of the pool or in this case, the zip line uh, it was so funny and specific to me um i i love (laughs) there's just like yeah so many like little details obviously like the the big driving comedic force of this sketch is him you know falling into the pool from the zip line and this kind of sketch the the rhythm of those sort of cuts to him dropping into the pool reminded me of coffin flap from season two where they just kept cutting uh they just kept cutting to you know people flying out of coffins and here they just kept cutting to him like flying into the pool and you know you think like they're doing it maybe too much to where like is it still funny and then it gets it 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 just continues to be funny um and yeah but like i said lots of little details here that i like and uh he gets into an argument with this guy who's in charge of the ropes course and he just keeps saying like shut up mike shut up mike like over and over and over again and yeah it's just the 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 sort of Way that this was put together and the thing that they chose to satirize here, um, you know, was was kind of something I hadn't seen from these sort of parodies before. So I, I really enjoyed this.
0: Yeah, this was really fun. Overall, I'm happy that we got to talk about so many of these sketches from season three of I Think You Should Leave, especially because SNL obviously ended early. So for us to get some more sketches to talk about is always really fun over here. Sammy, I'm curious, how would you compare season three to the other two seasons? Where does it rank for you?
1: Ooh, that's really tough because if you had asked me after season two, if I thought season two lived up to season one, I would have said like right away, like, uh oh, no, I think season one was better. And then now over the last two years of rewatching, it's it's definitely elevated. Um, I, I think there are certainly, you know, I, I don't think we talked about any sketches from episode six. I found that to be maybe you know weaker, but like overall, there are some absolutely classic sketches from Tim Robinson here um, that kind of live up to the pre- previous seasons. And I think the fact that I think in you know each episode we were able to get one or two of those was was great. And I would love to you know see this continue. Um, and, you know, keep bringing back more SNL alumni to be a part of the show so we can, you know, rent, uh, you know, six episodes of time and, uh, you know, Tim Robinson's Airbnb brain, as Victoria said earlier.
0: Right. And we didn't even get to talk about a sketch that featured Beck Bennett, which is the first time I've seen Beck yes. Bennett since he was not on SNL anymore. And uh, it was a good sketch. So I recommend you go and check that one out as well. Uh, Victoria. So did the show stack up to your expectations?
2: Yeah, if I had to rank the seasons, I'd probably do three, then one, then two. Happens to be Chicago area code, just a coincidence. Uh, no, I think for season one was just because, which actually I found, I Googled this while, while you're talking. Tim Robinson did reveal that some sketches um were originally written for SNL and were rejected. So not all of them, but they, they, they're essentially ones that didn't make it, but thank God, because now we got all of this, but I think the excitement of season one is great, but I love the content of season three, the most leaving season two to be the last for me. It's just, you know, the wild mind of, of Tim Robinson. I also want to call out like his face. Adds so much value to what he does. Like, he, you know what i mean his expressions and his mannerisms his physical comedy but like especially what he does with his face is so crucial to to what he does so i think if you were just listening to it let's say on a podcast <laughs> um you would enjoy it but like to actually watch it is is just beautiful because his face is just making I think that's why I really love this the summer loving one because of his face while he was zip lining and just you know at the end his face of crinkling up his face when he's like oh are you sure um yeah he's 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 brilliant and I would say he would probably go down as you know an all-time favorite for me
0: That's, that's awesome. Yeah, I agree. This season to me was top tier, I think you should leave. So I think you could check out most of these episodes, you're going to find great stuff. I think we talked about at least two sketches from episodes one, two, three, and five. So you know, those are uh, definitely the top episodes if you're going to and you could really start it at any point or pick up at any point. So I think you should definitely do that if you're thinking about checking out the show. And, you know, I hope you enjoyed our bonus coverage here. We did Bob Kiss earlier, you know, uh, last month, and now we did a little bit of this. And maybe throughout the summer, we'll pop in on a few other things. But we will turn our attention to SNL for the rest of June. And Monday nights is our summer podcasting night. So we will be back most Monday nights throughout the summer, including next week, where I'm hoping our expectation is that we will have an interview with a current SNL cast member. So that is what is on the docket for next week. And if that doesn't come out, it hopefully will be the week after. But right now, we're scheduled for next week for that. So that will be fun. And I hope you will enjoy that as well. We also have some SNL stories with alumni. How about some point counterpoint coming up? And then some superfan takeovers as well. So uh, plenty of things happening here over the summer. And I hope you continue to stick with us throughout this long hibernation between 48. and 49 sammy thank you for joining us tonight so great to get to talk about this with you anything you would like to tell the listeners
1: john it has been a pleasure to talk about you know one of my favorite shows obviously snl is an all-time favorite for me but i think you is you know also one of my favorites so this was a lot of fun you guys can find me at that sammy k on twitter instagram and tiktok obviously you know with the writer's strike going on if you're looking for something to watch please feel free to go back to our catalog of super fan takeover episodes where, you know, me and the super fans uh, talk about, you know, some of our favorite sketches in SNL history. And I know that we have one on the books coming up that I'm super excited to, you know, announce soon. So, you know, check that out when, uh, when that happens.
0: Yeah, I will say for that Superfan Takeover coming up, Tim Robinson will probably be discussed that night. I think he is an option on the board. So that'll be fun to get to when we get to that uh, coming up in just a few weeks. Victoria, thanks for joining us as always as well. Where can the listeners check out everything you got going on?
2: Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Victoria F with the first I as a period. If you are in Chicago, please come to the second city on June 12th at 8 PM. I will be performing, uh, performing sketch ideas. So just come and tell me if they're good, bad, funny, not funny. And I'm, I'm open to listening to anything that you've got. And, um, I do also want to say this about Tim Robinson watching season three, um, as someone who's kind of finding their way in in the comedy world right now, he kind of, not kind of, he really did inspire me and encourage me just to be myself and that that's totally okay. And that's going to be totally funny for some group of weirdos who, who watched too. So kind of just reminded me to be myself in this whole thing. And yeah, I just want to say that to him. So if he ever listens to this, that he knows he made, he made an impact some way, somehow.
0: Yeah, you're going to inspire a whole group of people to say the word deep throat. (laughs) (laughs) Deep throat
2: like a feather. And gagging on it, yeah
0: yeah all right well uh yeah this was really fun i hope you enjoyed it please let us know if you did in the comments make sure to smash that subscribe button on youtube apple Podcasts, and spotify to never miss an episode you can turn on those notifications to find out when we are live and follow us on facebook twitter tiktok and instagram to check out all of our summer content we have some fun things coming out over the summer as well on social media all right for sammy k and victoria franzo my name is john schneider from the saturday night network and we will see you next time everybody. Have a good one.